I'm just 17 Dropped out of school Joined the army Got deployed All my friends got shot But not me I'm on my second tour Got a letter from my girl She had a birthday at Disneyland well, I miss her so My new CEO thinks I'm just a boy But I let him know that ain't the case no more And I looked him in the eye and I told him Down to the VA Stood in line all day For a little bottle of pills They say I need Some people go to college Some work their jobs Me, I just take my meds And I watch my TV Don't like going out much I feel safe in my little space With my mini refrigerator I like to keep my metals cold And I pull them out once in a while And pin them to my Stones t-shirt And I look in the mirror and I say second tour I'm a
It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Scott Patterson. Tell me about Smith Radio. This sounds awesome. You know, it's the latest, uh, latest iteration of, of many bands that I've had. I formed it in June of 2016. All right. We played a couple benefit shows on the East Coast in the summer of 2016. Uh, went into the recording studio in September. Uh, recorded a six-song EP, which we are finished with. Nice. And we'll probably roll it out in you know a matter of a month here. Um, we're releasing our second single on the 17th of this month. Very cool. Forgotten Hero, our first single debuted uh, on iTunes at November 23rd and went to number one within a couple of hours. Cool. And we stayed there a couple weeks. So things have been going well. You didn't just start playing in a band, you know, a few years ago. You picked it up when you were a kid, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we had an old Spanish guitar laying around the apartment, and I just, you know, I just picked it up for some reason. So you were fascinated by this guitar? Yeah, so, young? so listen, you know, I, like many other kids, uh, you know, I came from a broken home, and I kind of poured all that frustration uh, and loss into the guitar. So mm -hmm. I started writing songs when I was 13. I had my first band when I was 12 with my best friend Tommy Poitras, who's a drummer, and we played two songs, I'm Not Your Stepping Stone and Back in the USSR, and that's all we ever played <laughs> for a couple of years, and we were very popular. Wow, two songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we, you know, we formed, a, a, we added two more members to the band, a, a bass player and a guitar, a lead guitar player. You know, we were kind of the, we were kind of it through, through grade school, and then once we hit high school, they kind of threw me out of the band. Oh. Yeah. Why? There was some strife between the, oh, yeah, the other guitar player and myself. Yeah, drama with the there band. There was tension. Yeah. There was egos, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. There may have been, our junior year, maybe there was a woman involved. I was going to say, that there's a girl somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think his, the girl that he was dating was showing a little interest in me, uh -huh. but it was really very platonic. Yeah. Um, However, once I did leave the band, I did steal her away. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. It's a happy ending. <laughs> and then I went, then I got invited back to the band, and then, yeah. Anyway, um, so, so that's so music. You know, I can relate to that. I grew up in New York, and I got my first guitar at ten. Right. And when you're when you're a lonely kid and you don't have a ton of friends and you don't have a great home life, music, especially guitar, is awesome. It's everything. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. You can just stay in your room and listen. To, I, what I did was stay in my room, listen to Hendrix records, and try to play along with them. Like, good luck with that. Yeah. Wow. You know, and Zeppelin, <laughs> and you know, all the classic big arena rock bands, The Who, all the stuff. Yeah, those. You know, those are the artists who raised me. Uh, nice. Pretty much. So. Right. You know, I got lost in that world, and you know, my best memories from growing up were going to the Spectrum in Philadelphia and seeing all the big big rock bands of the of, of the early 70s and mid 70s you know who were your favorites oh god um everybody yeah. i saw everybody my favorites were oh geez lives of who were uh, oh yeah amazing led zeppelin was so loud that you could not even hear it whoa it was so loud that your <laughs> your, your system shut down oh my gosh Are we... that, i think i lost some hearing in my left ear oh i bet concert um it was just so loud wow uh, but great, you know, Springsteen mm -hmm. was great. Well, I saw him 1975, Christmas Eve at the Spectrum. Um, Amazing. The guy played for like four hours. It was just like, what is going on here? Um, That's a long set. Steppenwolf. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, gosh, uh, all kinds of people. Yes. Oh, Emerson yeah. Emerson Lincoln Palmer. 
uh, I saw REM. I saw U2 in 86 out here in California. I was out okay. here on vacation, and I saw the Joshua Tree Tour, the original Joshua Tree Tour, which was phenomenal. Amazing. Uh, I've seen everybody. I've seen Patti Smith a million times. I saw the New York Dolls a million times. I saw Lou Reed. You know, and we're talking about in the village uh, right. in the early 70s when I was just a little punk and had no no business being admitted into these places. Yeah. I somehow got in. <laughs> so the theme of my show is Get the Funk Out, and uh-huh. obviously music must have played a huge role in keeping you happy. Uh, happy? I don't know if happiness was ever... Uh, yeah, I guess temporary happiness. Temporary sure. happiness? All right. Yeah, now it's making me happy. I, I think back then it was just more survival. Survival. Yeah, it was like escapism. Now I'm doing it for different reasons. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure there's an element of that as well, but now it's really just just the sheer love of it. And, you know, just I just have to be around it. I have to have that you know, that interaction with a live audience, and I, I just, I need that, you know, because I've been doing this, you know, this acting for so long, and, and right. it's, it's so removed from your fans, it's just, you know, it's kind of impersonal in a way. Yes. The time you really get to interact with them and is when you're doing a press tour, and they're sort of waiting outside the talk show, or whatever it is, you know, there isn't a lot of fan engagement, um, yeah. and I, I kind of crave that, so uh, if I can bring that with the music, and the, uh, that's that's really going to make me happy, so that's why I'm doing it. I know we're not going to touch on, you know, your role in Gilmore Girls, but what I want to ask you is, while you were so submersed in acting, did you have any time for music, or is this just been, you're like, I just got to do this already because I haven't had time? No, I always wrote songs. Okay. I was always writing songs because, look, that's, that's a craft in and of itself. Sure. And that requires discipline and study and... You know, it's not easy to write a song or a good song. And I've written probably now probably about 550 songs. Whoa, that's a lot. I have a lot of songs, a lot of them. And I write all the time. And when I do write, I write all day, all night, all day, all night. And um, Amazing. Are you self-taught? How did you learn this crap? No, no lessons. You know, I just read books and I kind of figure it out and I listen to a lot of different types of music and always have. And, you know, I I think if you have the ability to sort of get lost in a piece of music or lost in an artist or lost in a symphony or, or, you know, then you can manifest what you want or what, you know, 10 years later you can reinterpret it or you, you know, it'll, it'll come out somehow. Right. Like in the recording process, I was amazed at what was coming out uh, at the other end because I, the, the influences became prominent and you could hear them, and you just you can't get away from them and you don't really want to. So, um, yeah. yeah, I just I just think uh, through a process of osmosis, you absorb what you absorb and what you love, and then you just sort of, you know, you you you, you spin it back out in your particular way. Yeah. So I want to ask you if you can share any level of personal story. Is, was there a time you were in a funk, and if so, how did you get out of it? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a stupid question, right? That's a right. really long conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, I go to my guitar. Yeah. I mean, uh, that I don't mind being in a funk. I, look, I've written... Because I know that I'm going to go to my guitar and something's going to come out. Yes. 
So I use it. It's 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 kind of the nuclear fuel that uh, that I need. You embrace it. Oh, without question. Totally. Yeah. I'm not trying to remedy it or go to a doctor or whatever. Not saying that I get so down, but I, you know, I used to have, you know, I used to be a, a little little down at times and and you know any artist whatever the medium is going to pick up a paintbrush or pick up a camera or pen to write a play or whatever to sort of work it out yes um and that's what i always relied on and you know 75 percent of my songs are huh shall i say quite serious (laughs) that's good though good that's good cathartic yeah yeah but you know (laughs) Okay, depressing. <laughs> well, I don't. Yeah, some, <laughs> uh, you know, some of them you would you would you would listen to, and they are so serious you would you would begin laughing because they're just like you know, wow, wow, sunshine, you know, yeah, come, come on, lighten up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I had a son uh, almost three years ago, and congratulations. And it affected the songwriting. Oh, yeah. And then there was just sort of this, uh, you know, there's this old saying that behind all the pain and the sludge, uh, there's something far more productive. And right. I don't know if it's joy or if it's happiness or what it, whatever it is. But but there is something that's more life-affirming out there. So maybe, you know, these serious songs were necessary to get to the good stuff. I think so. You know, the gold. Yeah. So, um, and I wrote a song Friday night. I, late Friday night, I started it. Uh, early Saturday morning, I was so excited about the song that I couldn't really sleep that well. And Saturday morning, I woke up and I finished the song because I had the music. I just didn't have the lyrics. And then the lyrics came very quickly Saturday morning, and I finished the song. And oh my it's gosh. absolutely the best song I've ever written. When are you going to produce it? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to go back in and record four more songs. I don't know when we're going to do it. We'll probably do it. Uh, we'll probably do it pretty soon. But that will definitely be one of them because that song, that's a signature song. Nice. Um, and it's and it's a and it's a very moving song. But it's not moving in a down way. It's moving in a very life affirming, positive way. Um, and I wrote it. It, it's just a deeply, deeply personal song to me, and um, that's great. I'm, I'm very proud of it, and I'm just—I I really am very eager to share that with the world. Um, and I almost think that I should get in the recording studio right now while it's fresh. Maybe you should. Yeah. Well, that—that—that's you know you got to—that's a little more complicated. I bet. In a sense, but yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. So the songwriting's going well. That's um, good. And when that's going well, I'm, that's when I'm happy. I was going to say because music is everything. I mean, everything. It's, you know. And you go through, you know, you go through phases. And when when you know that the the muse is there, or the gods are handing you songs because that's kind of how it feels sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like the really good ones that I that I've written, it just feels like something opened up in the, in in the universe and somebody handed me something. Yes. Hopefully. I'm not going to get sued. Hopefully it doesn't sound like something <laughs> I else. I would hope not. <laughs> no, I, I, I know sometimes, like, I was working on, uh, you know, a Beatles song yesterday, and and you get into this, like, and then I go work on something else, and I'm making up some rhythm or whatever, and you just get into this hypnotic mode. Right. And it's the best. Yeah, exactly. And if it sounds like something, so what? Right. 
you know, it's, it's, it's your take on it. It's what influenced you. It's what you love and want to express. So, I mean, unless it's like a direct ripoff or something, you know, right. you don't really need to worry about it. It's, it's, exactly. You know, if somebody wrote a song that sounded like something that I had written, I would feel honored. Actually, well, that's good. I would, I, unless of course you know it was lifted entirely or whatever. But, right. Um, and listen, how many songs have been written in the last fifty years in 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 in, in popular music? My God, you know you're bound to. Right. You know, there's nothing new. There's no new chord progression out there. Yes. There just isn't. So, you know. Now, how do, are people surprised when they find out? Wait, Scott's also in a band, and he's yeah. so busy as an actor. I mean, how do they hear about this? Um, well, you know, I have a, a sort of a social media street team that's getting the word out globally. Yes. And uh, I call them the Smith Radio Army. And they are growing daily and very loyal, very dedicated. You know, the best. I, I am blessed with some very, very, very uh, um, really incredible fans. And that's why this is all happening. You know, um, it was really just... Look, I wanted to do this, give it one last shot, because I felt so removed from the fan base. Right, right. You know, and I wanted to go out and meet them. And and now, and then I thought, gosh, share your music with them. Yes. You know, I don't know that everybody's going to come along for the ride, because a lot of people just don't want to see you as anything else but that that's, particular character. But that's a shame, though, because, you know, there's so much more to you than your acting, which is great, by the way, but there's so much more to you. Well, yeah, but I don't think, you know, I don't think the music and my persona are so far off from that character anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I, I uh, don't think so, and I've seen the show. No, there's, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of difference there. So, yeah, that guy's nothing like me. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, it's just wanting to be out on the road. I, you know, I've been on the road a lot. I like being out on the road. I like meeting people. And I also like owning something. And when right. I'm doing what I was doing, you don't own it. You're just interpreting somebody else's words, and sure. it's not yours. You know, yes, you own the performance. You own what you have put together. Um, right. But it isn't yours. You're yes. an employee. Uh, it's nice to have your own company making the decisions, paying the bills, taking all the risks. Right. and putting your work out there, which you own 100%. So yeah. th that's very satisfying. Sure, you created this, Smith Radio. I mean, it's, how did you come up with the name, Smith Radio? So when I was a kid, um, um, my local radio station, WMMR in Philadelphia, uh, would play these Sunday night uh, live uh, concerts from you know the bottom line in New York or the cellar door, um, which I think it was in Washington, D.C. I could be wrong. Um, and I heard Patti Smith one night, and I don't know, I was 14 years old, and it blew my mind. Wow. I could not believe what I was hearing. So I instantly became transformed. Uh, my sister was living in New York with uh, her boyfriend at the time, so mm -hmm. I went up there for the summer and virtually stalked Patti Smith. <laughs> <And> Creepy. Well, <laughs> No, not for a 14-year-old, it wasn't creepy. If it was 24 or 34, I guess so, or yes, yeah. Maybe. But, but I was just so enthralled by the poetry and, you know, the majesty of her work and what she was attempting and what she was pulling off. And I, I saw some, 
some concerts. I, you know, we went to CBGB's, CBGB's one night, mm-hmm. and she was there, and she was talking to somebody, I guess a record executive, it seemed like, and I just went up and interrupted her, because I heard she... Did you? I did, <laughs> and it wasn't because I was brave. It wasn't because, you know, uh, it, there was any bravery involved. It yeah. was pure gobsmacked adoration. Yeah. I had, I had to, to meet her. Do you know what you said? Do you remember what you said? Oh, sure. Uh, I had heard um, around town that she was looking for a keyboard player, and I played keyboards and, as well. So I went up and interrupted her and said, you know, I heard you're looking for a keyboard player, and I'd like to audition. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And you're 14? At that time, I was 15. Oh. And she was wearing sunglasses. Uh-huh. She she just sort of pulled them down to the end of her nose and sort of looked at me and said, "How old are you, kid?" <laughs> I said, "I'm 19." She goes, "No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not 19." She goes, and she was cool with me. She just said, "Listen, um, you're a little young. You know, we we go to Europe, and yeah. I don't think your your mom or your dad would like that very much." And and I just sort of. I, I, I skulked away. Aww. I got back to the table, and I said, let's get out of here. So I got rejected. And she followed us out <gasps> really? onto the street. She came up to me. She, yes. You know, she stopped me, and she said, hey, good luck, okay? Oh, that was nice. Said, You're going to be fine. And I just kind of felt in that moment that, you know, she really lifted me up. And I, and I, I, I don't know, I just kind of felt like, that's this awesome. was something I needed to do, and yeah. so I named the band after her. Does she know this? Have you ever been in touch with her since? Uh, she does know this, and she has reached out to me, and um, she and her daughter very graciously uh, sent me uh, a wonderful care package uh, of, of items, um, and I returned uh, in kind and sent them a wonderful care package of items, um, and we've been corresponding via email and um, talking about uh, uh, maybe doing a benefit concert in November in New York together. That is great. And it's just, it's the whole thing is just a, a dream come true, full circle kind of a thing, you know. Is so, yeah. Um, so I give her a lot of the credit. I, I named the band after my mother's maiden name, my middle name, Gordon. Okay. And in August of last year, we were doing an, I was doing an interview in Ocean City, New Jersey, with uh, some DJ there, and... Um, they had played a CD before the interview, and when I came on, he says, "Boy, that that CD is really smoking." And congrats! I said, "Well, we haven't, you know, we haven't done a CD yet." He goes, "Oh, well, there's a band out there named Gordon, so you know." So oh. I had to change the name. Oh yeah, so right. I had to change the name. Definitely. So where are you uh, performing? You have any big gigs coming up, or what's um, going on? I do. I there there is something coming up. I gosh, I I can't say. That's okay. All right, let me just ask that. Actually, a very, very big concert. And, okay. And it's, it's in a couple of weeks, and I just cannot say because they want to make the announcement. Sure. And we're waiting for them to make the announcement. But I'll tell you what, uh, once they confirm it, you'll know. Okay. You know. Good. And if people want to find out more about you and the band? Um, go to the website, smithradioband.com. Okay. And all the inf- and if you want to buy Ha Ha Song or Forgotten Hero, you can do it there. If you want to buy some merchandise, it's there. there we're offering uh, a Forgotten Hero hoodie, uh, and we're going to donate part of the proceeds to uh, a post-traumatic stress syndrome charity. 
Oh, that's great. Because um, that's what the song's about. Oh, it is? Yeah, the new single's about uh, PTSD, yeah. Okay. About people that suffer from it. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, and we're talking with uh, promoters and booking agents and all kinds of things about, you know, where we're going to begin our tour, whether it's going to be in Europe or it's going to be here in the Southwest. Okay, cool. So, yeah, a lot of exciting things happening. Nothing solidified yet. Um, we're, we're getting a lot of activity, a lot of offers coming in. We've got a series of shows we're going to do uh, in September. I can't announce yet because nothing's finalized. Um, <laughs> We've got some exciting stuff, but I'm not telling you. <laughs> and then there's this, but I'm not telling you. It'll be you. the most amazing thing in the world, but I can't talk. <laughs> Thanks for all the great details, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, right? right. Um, well, is the gig in New York with Patty open to the public? I mean, if I was in the city I don't in November? Have, and again, I have no details. Okay. I have no details. I don't even know if it's if it's going through, but they, they did ask for my availability. So That would be cool. I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful. Because, you know, she and her daughter are involved in a lot of very worthy causes. Um, nice. You know, people causes, uh, you know, things that affect people, the, uh, climate change, that kind of thing. Right. And I want to be involved with them uh, on that level. I think that's one of, you know, I, I love the activist musician. I, 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 it's, you know, it's not what I come from. Right. And it's not from any, anybody from my generation doesn't really, you know, it, it, it's a longer road to get there. But I, you know, over the past, you know, 20 years, I've, I see the value in that. Sure. Um, because it is sort of a waste to have that kind of power and have a microphone with that many fans and not mention something. Right. You know, not to get preachy out there or not to, you know, bend the experience for the audience too much. But, you know, my thing is to entertain. Uh, I want people to forget about their problems for, for a couple hours. You know, that's that's my job as an entertainer. Right. And, and But I think, you know, I do think there is a place for some activism as well. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you care to share anything you are passionate about as far as activism? Um, well, always, you know, I lost my mother to Alzheimer's. Um, oh, sorry. So, yeah. you know, I'm active in those charities. Also, anything to do with uh, children, uh -huh. childhood cancers. I visit hospitals from time to time. Um, any, anything that has to do with kids, uh, sick kids. Uh, oh, yeah. So count me in. Absolutely. Um, and now I've taken on uh, uh, PTSD, which is a huge problem. You know, apparently uh, the statistics are quite numbing um, that 22 veterans a day are taking their own lives. And oh, it's just not horrific. okay. No. And so I'm, I'm just trying to raise a little bit of awareness here, shine a little bit of light, because I think, you know, there was a campaign, the 22 push-up campaign was going around for a little while. It kind of went viral, but it went away. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to try to bring it back a little bit in my way and contribute in what little way that I can. Um, I never had to serve. You know, I didn't, I wasn't drafted. I never uh, joined the Army. I didn't have to, you know, go over there and risk my life. And uh, But a lot of people did, and so I want to honor them a little bit. And, nice. You know, you know, I wrote a song about a situation a lot of these guys are in, and it's, it's just it's tough. It's tough. It's not hard to diagnose. It's just hard. It's hard for these men and women to. Um, I think I think they feel a lot of shame, mm -hmm. um, and the guys don't know how to deal with it uh, because they are, you know, these alpha males that are over there protecting a nation, and then they come home and they feel marginalized and they feel right. maybe unappreciated, and they feel things that they don't understand because of the experiences that they've been through. Sure. Um, 
and they just they lose a sense of themselves and they they just they get lost and they end their lives and it's it's the most tragic thing. No, it's horrible. Yeah, so so I'm I'm just reaching a hand out to people that suffer from this and saying, you know, I wrote a song for you people and mm -hmm. you know, maybe you know, listen to the song and maybe it can help out a little bit. I don't know. Nice. All right, so throw out your website one more time. Uh smithradioband.com. Very cool. Thank you so much Scott for calling in. My pleasure. All right, we're going to wrap up today's show with the latest song from Smith Radio. This is Scott Patterson with the Ha Ha Song. Man. 